Good morning. How are we doing today? Are we ready for it? If you've been, if you've been here uh, a couple weeks, you know what's coming, right? It's quiz time. Hey, I'm a teacher. we got to just dive right into it. It's a pop quiz. If you haven't been here, this is your first time, you're off the hook. You won't be graded. But we're, at the, we're in the last uh, installment here of this I Want to Go Deeper series. And uh, so I just want to review what it is we've been uh, doing. So does anybody remember what the main idea for, for the first week was? Huh? I can't hear you. Remember. That's right. Very good. Uh, it was in Second Peter where we started out. And Simon Peter was remembering that he used to be called Simon by his parents. That's the name they gave him. And then he met this guy named Jesus who changed his life. And that total life transformation that he went through, he just kind of remembered how Jesus was a big part of that. And, and Jesus gave him a new name. It was Peter. And uh, uh, so he started us off by remembering, hey, this was my life before Jesus. I met this guy named Jesus. He changed my life. And now my life is totally different after I met Jesus. Well, the next week we talked about something else. Uh, do we know what that is? Respond. Excellent. We got some uh, folks that haven't been sleeping. That's good. Uh, and it's hard to remember. This is three weeks ago, right? Uh, respond. Second Peter. It's, it's uh, about applying all diligence, right? It's about bringing forth your effort and bringing forth more than what's needed to get it done so that you would grow in these areas. It was in your faith, in your moral excellence or virtue, in your knowledge, and in your self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love, right? In all those areas, God wants to grow us. And He promises for believers who have accepted His Son as uh, the Savior, their Savior, and who are really just trusting in Jesus for forgiveness of sin and Jesus alone, that He's going to give us what to make that happen? The Holy Spirit, right? Holy Spirit's going to move in, take up residence in this new temple, and uh, we're going we're gonna to have the power of God in our lives to be able to help us to get that done. All right, the last week we were talking about what? Receiving, receiving more of God. How do we receive more of God? By giving. It starts by giving. You've got you to kind of do the opposite. To receive more of God, you don't worry about what you're going to get. You worry about what you're going to give to others. In uh, Luke chapter 6, he was talking to us about that. Started off basically saying, treat others like you want to be treated. But then in verse 38, he says, give and you will receive. And uh, that's really what God wants to do in our lives. He wants to give us more of himself. And uh, he's looking for us to have the same heart as Jesus had and be willing to give to others in whatever area he calls us to do. So now we're coming up on the, on the last week. And we've got all these areas we've talked about, how to remember, respond, and receive more of God. But what specific area does God want you to start in? Remember I said that that list that we went through with faithfulness, godliness and all that stuff it wasn't a laundry list of things you had to get straight before you came to god it was a list of areas that god was going to work on in your life as he saw fit and in what order he wanted to do it in all right so how do you know where to start and that brings us to the word for this week what do you think the word this week starts with wrong it's not r it's p it's pray i couldn't come up with an r word so we're going with pray and you can remember it. You remember this week because if you take the first letter of each week, it makes erp. So you won't forget that, will you? All right, good. So we're praying. <laughs> prayer is what? And prayer, I mean, my gosh, 
Prayer, there's like tons and tons and tons of stuff on prayer in the Bible, things that other people have written. We're really jumping right into the deep end when we start to talk about prayer. It's, I struggled a lot with trying to come up with what, am I, what one thing am I going to talk about in prayer here. And uh, that's when God started speaking to me, and, uh, and I want to share this with you. I hope it makes sense because there's just a ton out there. At first, I said, well, why don't we look a little closer at just breaking down what prayer is and make it try to make it simple. I mean, there's no reason to be intimidated. You're only talking about uh, talking to a spiritual being, right? Somebody you can't see, and you got to trust that he's hearing you. The spiritual being just happens to be the creator of the universe. He's created everything you see that you can smell, that you can hear, that you can taste, that you can touch. You know, uh, he's the savior of the world. He's uh, he's a big deal, right? He knows everything. He can do anything, and we get to talk to him. That's not intimidating, is it? It is a little bit, but what he showed me uh, for this week is it doesn't have to be. Uh, let's just start by looking up prayer in the dictionary. If we look it up in the dictionary, uh, we've got the, you know, the, bi- the dictionary definitions really kind of, they don't help me a lot sometimes. A lot of times they use the same word to define, you know, what is prayer? To pray. Oh, thanks a lot. But but in the dictionary, it says it's a devout petition to God or an object of worship. Well, we don't do objects of worship. According to the Bible, it says that's idolatry. We don't like doing that. So it's a devout petition to God. Uh, or it's a spiritual communion with God, uh, as in supplication, thanksgiving, adoration, or confession. Those are four different kinds of prayers that you could pray. Uh, supplication, thanksgiving, adoration, or confession. But if we're, I think we just break it down a little more. I mean, we can get into that later someday, but... But really, what is prayer in a nutshell? It's communicating with God. If you want to just say it's communicating with God, and communication uh, in terms of I'm speaking and he's listening, and it goes the other way around too. He speaks and I listen. So we've got a, we've got a dialogue going there. Uh, this can creep you out because it's dealing with the supernatural. And we're not, we, we like to live in the physical. We like to live in the areas that we can control. And, uh, you know, like this table, if I don't want it here, I can just pick it up and move it, right? And I'm in control of that. But in the spiritual, I'm not in control of much. As, as a matter of fact, I've really got to rely on God for everything. So that can be a little bit creepy. And it can be a little bit intimidating, like we, like we say. But God is sh- going to show us some things today, I think, that's going to help alleviate some of that. Now, back when I was at another church, uh, we had uh, what we call prayer meetings. We'd come in, and we, what do you think we did at prayer meetings? We prayed. That's good. So uh, that's all we did. We came in, we prayed, and there was a lot of people there that didn't feel comfortable praying, that didn't uh, uh, like to pray out loud. I got a I got a note from somebody this past week, a uh, young lady that I, I met at that church, and she came to the prayer meetings, and she was deathly afraid of praying out loud in front of people. She had never done it, and it took a while to work up to it. But you know what? You know what she's doing now? Uh, she, they're stationed out, I guess, at Fort Leonard Wood. She's in charge of the prayer ministry at the church that she's going to now. Started off, couldn't pray at all, and now she's teaching others to pray. I thought that's pretty cool. If God can do that with her, if God can do that with me, then he can do it with anybody. So let's look at what he has to say. What does prayer kind of look like? There's an example in 2 Kings uh, chapter 6. Uh, when the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. These were the enemies of the Israelites. They were looking for this man of God because he kept prophesying against them. He says, Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Elisha is this man of God that they're after. 
And Elisha was just like, hey, hey, this ain't no big deal. And his buddy there is saying, look, man, there's, there's people and they're after you. There's tons of them. What are we going to do? And Elisha says, ah, I forgot. You're living in the physical. You don't see the spiritual aspect of it. So let's go on. He just says, don't be afraid. Elijah told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. And, and his buddy there is thinking, you know, I only count two here. It's you and me. And there's a whole bunch of them. Who's going to take care of us? Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. They were God's horses and God's chariots of fire. And God was there in the spirit world taking care of business in the physical world. And that's how this works. Things are going on as a result of prayer that we don't see. There's another example in Daniel that's pretty cool. is when he prays, I think it's 21 days later, an angel finally shows up. And the angel tells him, I've been fighting for you for 21 days ever since you first prayed. But you didn't know that was going on because it was happening in the spiritual world. You couldn't see it. So things happen as a result of prayer. You just might not see it right away. So there's an example. It is spiritual. It is supernatural. It is kind of freaky, but it's real. I've experienced it myself, and uh, you can experience it too. Let's look at uh, the aspects of prayer now. Let's, Let's just kind of break it down. The Bible itself tells us we don't know how to pray. Let's look at Romans chapter 8. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. For we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So we're, it kind of feel like the Bible's letting us off the hook here. Because you're afraid of praying because you don't know how to pray. And God says, I know you don't know how to pray. And I'm giving you the help you need. It's the Holy Spirit. So don't worry about not knowing how to pray. Just do it. First Thessalonians chapter 5 just says, never stop praying. Just do it, just like Nike says, right? Well, you can't go wrong then. If God knows you can't do it right, and he's given you all the help you need with the Holy Spirit, and he just says, keep doing it, even though you may be doing it wrong, anybody can do it, right? You just got to do it. And God's going to help, help you out, and he's going to speak to you. He will hear your prayers, right? So there's different ways we can pray. Second uh, Chronicles chapter 7 uh, has an example. Then if the people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. The temple had just been built, and God was talking to Solomon. And he basically said, Look, all you got to do is humble yourselves. See, over and over again, the Israelites in the Old Testament, they kept breaking the law. They kept sinning over and over and over again. And God is so merciful and he's so patient that he just, every time he says, just turn away from that wicked stuff that you're doing in your life. Turn away from it. Turn back to me. Humble yourselves. Take yourself out of, because that's really, selfishness is really kind of the cause of, a lot of sin. It's, I want this. I want it now. And I don't really care if it's wrong or not. I want to feel good. And we don't realize that feeling good for just a short time versus feeling good, feeling joy, really, God's joy and God's peace for the rest of your life, it's not worth it. It's not worth it going back to the sin. But God says when you do, and you're going to stumble, you're going to stumble. Everybody does. 
When you do, all you got to do is turn back to me. Humble yourself. Put yourself, take yourself out of the primary seat. Take yourself out of being number one. Put me number one. If you humble yourself that way, I will hear you. I will hear your prayers, and I will heal your life. And that's what he's saying here. When I think of the word humble there, kind of what came to my mind was really uh, kind of like a picture of a child. I'm talking about a child like before the terrible twos hits when they learn words like mine and uh, no, and they use them constantly. You know, when they throw a little fit in the middle of the grocery store and like they're having convulsions, like they're possessed by a demon or something. That, I'm talking about before that, <laughs> like, or even after that, but what, they have these periods where they're just kind of like angelic. They totally trust on their parents for everything. They know that they, when they get hungry, where the food's coming from. Mom or dad's going to make something for them, brother and sister, and, and they're going to feed them. They're going to take care of them, right? So they kind of have this trust relationship. They just know they have to trust. They don't, you know, well, how are you going to make that dinner, Mom? They don't say that. They don't ask Mom to explain every little step. They just say, put it in front of me so I can eat. And they love unconditionally. You know, it doesn't matter if you mess up. It doesn't matter if you spank them. They're going to come back to you because they love you. And that's kind of the picture we have here of being a little child. In Matthew chapter 19, uh, people were bringing children to Jesus. And and here's an account of that, starting in uh, verse 13. Then the little children were brought to Jesus for, for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. And Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as thee. So if we can kind of get in our minds that as we grow, as we do all these things that Peter was talking about, as we remember, as we respond, as we receive more of God, as we really grow spiritually, we're becoming more and more like children in a way. We will trust more and more the things that God wants to do in our lives without questioning him as much. We won't argue with him as much as we get more and more confidence as he works through things. As we remember, he was there when that happened. And now I'm facing this other thing. Well, if he was there when, back when that other thing happened, he'll be there for me for this thing too. Your confidence grows for each one of these things. And you have this kind of childlike faith that doesn't question, but that's kind of what we're growing into. The, the way to approach God in prayer is kind of like a child, I think. I think that's where you need to start. You've got to just, I mean, because you know, what's the saying? Out of the mouths of babes, Right. You never know what a kid's going to say. I don't know if you've ever seen those uh, uh, TV shows with Bill Cosby when he's questioning the children. And uh, they, they tell him just about anything, anything and everything, right? And uh, it's, it's true. Kids will just say it. They don't care about, uh, you know, being politically correct or about, you know, worrying about hurting somebody's feelings or anything. They just say it. They say what they're thinking. And I think that's the way God wants us to approach him in prayer. David, King David in the Bible, had uh, some really great examples of this in the Psalms. Let's look at a few of them. Psalm 6. O Lord, don't rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your rage. Have compassion on me, Lord, for I am weak. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. I am sick at heart. How long, O Lord, until you restore me? He's getting really impatient here, and he's just letting God know how he's feeling, and he's He's just laying it all out there. See, he's not saying what he thinks God wants to hear. He's not, 
he's not being the super Christian kind of everything is great and, uh, you know, I'm smiling all the time. He's having a hard day and he just lets it out there. Psalm 13. Oh, Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Turn and answer me, O Lord, my God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes, or I will die. This is a happy camper, isn't he? Psalm 35. How long, O Lord, will you look on and do nothing? Rescue me from their fierce attacks. Protect my life from these lions. Psalm 80. Turn us again to yourself, O God. Make your face shine down upon us. Only then will we be saved. O Lord God of heaven's armies, how long will you be angry with our prayers? You have fed us with sorrow and made us drink tears by the bucketful. These examples are just a man being totally honest with God. He's not holding anything back. When he's saying his bones are aching and he's in agony and and he's just telling God to turn back to him and, and Relieve this and do it now. I mean, there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with going to God with the way you're feeling. I first became a believer and a follower of Jesus about eight and a half years ago, and I began praying. I began my prayer life by sharing with God what I thought he wanted to hear. I began just talking to him about things that I thought he'd want to hear in my life, but I would not talk about the whole thing. I'd leave a bunch out. I'd talk about... Thing, uh, I'd use the churchy words, you know. The uh, and even uh, I've heard some people pray in uh, King James English, you know, thy and thou and all that stuff. You know, God wants a personal relationship with each one of us. And, and, and if you pray that way, that's cool. If that's how you communicate with God. But God wants to talk to you. God wants to hear from you. And God wants you to hear from him. All right? So we don't have to put on airs. We don't have to do anything but just be honest, just like David was. And if I, when I, when, I, when I was remembering how I came to know God as I got ready for this series, I remembered that my first real communication with God was, was more along the lines of, of rage than anything else. I, I don't know if you'd call it a prayer, but as an unbeliever at the time, I wasn't following Jesus. I would just rage at him. And if I could have got my hands on him, I know he's spirit, but like if I could have just grabbed him, I would have wanted to beat the tar out of him because of things that had happened to me. It took, see, I had, my, my mother died when I was very young, you know, seven years old. And uh, the way that went down, uh, we didn't really understand what was going on. And, and then some other things happened in my life uh, following on from that. And inside of myself, I just started burying all these emotions and burying them and hiding them with uh, different things as I got older. Uh, alcohol or, or whatever. And you can hide a lot with alcohol or drugs, and you can just keep it pent up in there, but it's going to come out one day. It's going to get you. you got to either deal with it up front, or it's going to deal with you later. See, that stuff got buried so much far down inside me, and roots started to take hold of my insides, and it's, it's called bitterness. And when you get bitterness in your life, when it gets its roots deep into you, it's very, very hard to get, them, to get that out. I am still digging out those roots of bitterness. It took, I, I had them growing for 30 years, almost 30 years, before I came to know the Lord. And what I've learned is it takes a toll on your health, mentally and physically, and it will be dealt with or it will kill you. 
it will kill you. And so it's much border, much better to go to God just the way you're feeling. I would literally get so worked up, and I, I'd just start drinking, and I'd be drunk, and I would just start yelling at God. And to look at me, you must have thought I was nuts or something like that, but I would actually go running out into the backyard, screaming at the heavens, shaking my fist, flipping God off, telling him I hated him. I hated him. What kind of God would, let, would take a mother from a child? What kind of God would do that? What kind of God would let the other things happen? Why, with all the stuff that goes on and all the stuff that was going on in my life, I told him that I hated him and I wanted him to go to hell. And it's only by God's mercy that I'm still moving air in and out of my lungs right now. Because I should have been turned into a pile of dust from what I know now. But in my ignorance, he was merciful. And what I learned was that God loved me. In Psalm 139, it says it probably best. O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I am going to say even before I say it, Lord. And you go before me and you follow me. See, God uh, is not hindered by time. He's in all times, at all, all places, at all, all times. And he knows everything you're going to do in your life. And I just think back about my case. Even though he knew at part of my life I would hate him, he chose to love me. He chose to love me. He chose to love me first. Knowing what I was going to do. Knowing how I was going to treat him. Knowing how I was going to speak to him. There's nothing we can't tell God. When you pray, just be honest with him where you're at. When you pray, if you don't know how to pray, just tell him that. When you pray, if you're stumbling over your words, just go inside and talk to him about what you're feeling. And let it out. Don't be afraid of what he's going to think about it. Because he already knows it. He knows what you're going to say before you even say it. So why does, he want, why does he make us pray? He wants that relationship, man. He wants to have that relationship with you. He can make this all mechanical and we could be robots and worship him, but that's not what he wants. That's not, not how he set it up. See, when I was coming to know the Lord, I had this Jesus was in my head, man. I couldn't get rid of him. It was Jesus when I woke up. It was Jesus all day at work. It was Jesus when I was drinking. It was Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It was Jesus when I laid my head on the pillow at night. I could not get him out of my head. This guy was haunting me. I couldn't get rid of him. Why? What's going on? My stupid sister was praying for me. I didn't ask her to pray for me. I was fine. So I thought, really, my life was crumbling. My marriage was about to end. There was all kinds of goofiness going on in my life, but I thought it was fine. It was supposed to be like that. But she knew the Lord, and she was praying for me. She even got her mother-in-law, who I had never met. She's praying for me, too. And now I got this Jesus haunting me in my head as a result. Well, next thing I know, I'm going to church, and I hear over and over and over that God loves me. God wants this relationship with me, and I'm fighting it, man, and I'm fighting it. But I know that what he's saying is true. What that preacher is saying, it's like he's speaking to me and a sledgehammer is hitting me in the chest. God loves me. I knew it was true. I fought it. I fought it until I just got too tired to fight it anymore. And I responded to God. 
and he was telling me to trust him. And I remember one day I felt like if I didn't trust him, if I just didn't give in, my heart was going to stop beating that very day, and I did. And what happened was that I was saved, just like the Bible said. It says it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what you've done. If you come to God, if you trust in God for forgiveness of sin, through Jesus Christ, you will be saved. And I was. Through many prayers since then, many prayers, I've pleaded with God over things. I confess sins as I continue to sin because I'm not a perfect person. I've argued with God. I still argue with Him. I never win, though. And I worship God through prayer. The place to start with prayer is just to be honest with God and to start talking with Him. And you can remember the times when He worked in your life and talk to Him about that. Uh, if you don't have a relationship with God, just tell Him that. I don't think I have a relationship with you. But if you want one, tell them that. If you don't want one, tell them that too. Just be honest with them. See, it's when I started speaking to God and I got that relationship with him, that's when he started working on my moral excellence and virtue about before. That's when my knowledge started to grow because he was working in my life. It was his power. It wasn't me. See, my self-control, I started getting more and more of that. My perseverance, my godliness my brotherly kindness, and then working on my love for other people. He's working in all these things in my life as a result of prayers. I think when the tide turned was when my sister and her friends were praying for me, and I just looked at my life, and I said, and my only hope was to die one day of a heart attack uh, that I didn't know was coming. And that'd be the end. And I've spent my whole life being miserable, and now I'm just going to die. There's got to be something more than that. And that's exactly what I've said to whoever was listening. I wasn't saying to anybody. I just said there's got to be something better out there. And there is. His name is Jesus, and he loves you, and he wants that relationship with you, and he wants to start it today. I don't have it all together. Nobody does who's a, a Christian. Uh, we all struggle at times. We get impatient, we get angry, we, uh, we will continue to sin until we're made to be just like Jesus. And that's only going to happen when Jesus comes back and it's king over the whole world again uh, and actually physically resides here, but uh, it also um, ends when you die. That option to follow Jesus, you don't know when that day is going to be. I don't know when that day is going to be. Uh, your day to start that relationship with, with Jesus is right now. It's today. I want to give you some time to pray. And uh, I want you to just be honest with God. I'm just going to be kind of quiet here. There will be probably maybe some music to start, but it's just going to be some quiet time here for you to pray with God. And just be honest with Him, and I guarantee you, you will connect with Him. You will connect with Him. Tell Him how you feel, and listen for what He has to re respond to you. Sometimes it's hard to recognize the voice of God, but over time, you will recognize it. And you will uh, be able to see uh, under, and understand what, he, what some of the things he's working on in your life. Now, I told you all these things about me and how I've changed, not to make much of me, but to make much of God. God gets all the credit for turning my life around, but it wasn't until I had the courage to trust him. And that's all you got to do to start, is just to trust him for forgiveness of sin and trust him 
for a new life. So go ahead and uh, if you want to walk around and pray, if you want to just bow your head uh, right where you're at, you can do that. But just take some time. If you're totally lost and you don't know what to say, pray. Um, We're going to have Psalm 103, one I read earlier, scrolling on the screen. God loves it when you just pray his word back to him. And so you could pray that. After the service, after the music and all that, and we get done and everybody's leaving, there'll be some folks up here in the front that will be willing to pray with you if you want to pray with someone over any issue or if you, or if you have any questions about what it means to have that relationship with Jesus. Uh, so go ahead and take advantage of that too. I'm going to pray to get us started and then you guys just uh, take over from there. Dear God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your power. I thank you that you're real. I thank you for your love. And I just ask you to give us all ears to hear nice to see that we would see you mighty in our lives and in our community. And I ask you all during this week, anybody who doesn't know you yet, that you would haunt them like you haunted me. Because there's nothing better in life than knowing that an all-powerful God loves and cares for us and is willing to take time with us individually. So hear these prayers that are coming to you now and speak back to them. Make it real.